Happier Work, Happier Life podcast. Thomas Huang here from Happier with Desmond Cheng, technology strategist at Microsoft, also a freelance career coach. Today, we discussed what it's like working in Microsoft, the company culture there, his career progression from engineering to marketing to technology and then to sales and even dating companies. So if you're interested in this exciting conversation, tune in for this podcast. Thanks, Desmond, for joining us today. First off, can you give us a brief introduction to who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Thomas. Uh, it's a great pleasure, you know, to be here today. So uh, I've been working in Microsoft uh, as a technology strategist, and then I also do, you know, uh, freelance career coaching. So uh, I've been, you know, a sort of a marketing guy and also a techie guy. So um, mm -hmm. it's my, you know, passion to actually share, you know, my learnings and also sort of career tips to students and also young hires. How did you get into Microsoft? I'm sure many young people, it's very attractive to them. So how, what was your journey and what advice do you have for others who are trying to join Microsoft? Yeah, it's actually a long story, you know, to get to, you know, get into Microsoft because as I think everybody could tell, Microsoft is a, you know, big tech company. So it's just like, you know, other, you know, tech firms and there's a you know huge compete process to actually get in. But when it all gets started, it's, uh, beginning actually from, you know, the time when I start looking for grad jobs in university. Okay. And at that time, I think uh, everyone wants to, you know, get into, you know, uh, have good offerings and, and all that. And at that time, technology is, you know, uh, in a quite a, you know, hype that everybody is looking into it because, you know, Facebook, Google and all that, they have, you know, very amazing offers and work life um, mm. advertised everywhere. So that hype gets me as well. So I look into, you know, all these tech firm offerings and I would like to see whether I could really, you know, get a chance on that. But I actually uh, studied engineering. So I'm not oh. really a, you know, IT guy or tech guy. I don't do programming. So mm. all I've learned from my university engineering course is to be logical. So that's all I've learned, you know, to have a logical thinking, logical mindset and all of that stuff. And then when I first trying to, you know, apply for tech jobs, I think it has been quite challenging because people would often, you know, uh, think that, you know, to get into a tech firm, you have to be very technical, but that's actually, uh, have been changing, you know, not just in my years, but also right now, because tech firms, they really look for people who are also, you know, sales and marketing oriented because mm -hmm. technology itself is, you know, just a bunch of tools and, you know, codes, but I have to make it live to apply to business and even individuals. You need somebody to do that kind of translation. So I think that's where, you know, I get my chance during mm -hmm. the interviews to show, you know, apart from having some technical understanding to be able to grasp the technical concept, I could also translate those, you know, uh, language into, you know, business language so that people could take it in mm -hmm. and then apply it further. What are some advice and tips for especially young people who are mm -hmm. trying to get into Microsoft? Yeah, I think in general, it's really important to actually know about the tech industry because everybody may come from different backgrounds. Like myself at my time, I was from engineering background, mm -hmm. but to get to know the tech, you know, culture or the company or the trends, there's actually many ways now on the internet. So it's really easy for you to do the research, you know, to understand you know, what is the big trends now, what are the key technologies that are being used, what are some of the specific use cases for, you know, different industries. I think that would really make a difference because it's very important mm -hmm. for employer like Microsoft to know that you actually do your homework. Because I think uh, technology is ever evolving 
And yep. somebody can't really just, you know, learn something today and be forever or universally applicable for the future. So it's important to have demonstrate that ability and mindset that you are continuously learning. That's one thing. And secondly, to demonstrate that you have that capacity, you know, mm. to have the um, ability to absorb all this knowledge and be able to translate them to useful outputs uh, in the job. So I think to get into, you know, um, target for getting to Microsoft or related tech technology companies, it's important to demonstrate that, you know, mindset and capacity. How do you stay on top of tech trends? Like what resources, what sites, what books or articles do you read on a weekly or even daily basis? I think uh, to get started, I think it's hard for somebody just to subscribe a book or magazine just to read the tech trends if you're not really a tech guy because some <laughs> yeah. of them are like you know fashion magazines or uh, you know the technical accessories you know uh, magazines so they are very focused mm -hmm. and we are not really speaking that language it's quite difficult for to pick up it's like reading a new textbook for a new subject so yeah. it's not really a exciting or enjoyable experience so i would say start first with linkedin because mm -hmm. i think some of the tech guys nowadays or the you know big bosses they're really inspirational figures mm -hmm. and their mindset and how they share their view on technology is actually quite inspirational and that helps get you you know sort of like fire up for this field yeah. so you understand how all this you know um interesting techy thing could be applied in the real world to generate an impact so i think that would actually give you know uh, students or even myself uh, if they're interested to have a sense of what the field is like so that will give you you know some of a direction on then where you want to look into because the technology world or tech trends they're like fast and broad you mm. have like blockchain you know in a you know in this recent um, years and then you have ai you know and then of course uh, down to some office automation to set a very large or broad range of technologies. So you can't really, you know, choose every one of them and yeah. then read every one of them because it would take too much time for you to understand and to pick up. And it's not really that effective at the end. So mm -hmm. I think starting from LinkedIn would be a very casual and also uh, effective way to get started so that you could find where your interest is, subscribe to some, you know, um, public speakers or some tech executives or some KOL, you know, mm -hmm. who are on LinkedIn so you could learn about these trends. I've been finding myself spending way more time on LinkedIn now than right. Instagram, Facebook, which I'm sort of doing mentally. Like I want mm -hmm. to be more active on LinkedIn. Right. There's a lot of good articles I stumble upon. Mm -hmm. How often or how long do you spend on LinkedIn in a day? Yeah, I think I check it more than Facebook now because I think I moved from Facebook to Instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah. personally. But then I think for jobs, I think, or even work life now, link, uh, LinkedIn has become a part of the work life because it doesn't just only show you news from you know my customers mm -hmm. because as a technology strategist right now at Microsoft I have to you know take care of my clients advise them on technologies so they have to keep very updated on what are their moves and also their news and ideas as well so LinkedIn has been a very effective channel for me to understand mm -hmm. what my customers are doing that's mm -hmm. the first part and the second part is to not only understand the customer but also what my you know peers in the industry or even the competitors are doing mm -hmm. so that I could have up-to-date news and even you know, insight to share with my customers. Sounds like two hours, three hours a day, maybe uh, more. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a rough number. Okay. But there's one more thing is LinkedIn, they have this, you know, um, job application feature, which mm -hmm. is also a good reminder to actually let you know as, you know, a job candidate or a, you know, working professional, how actually your experience is being evaluated and matched to other similar jobs or your next aspiration job. 
So I think I'm speaking on behalf of you know an individual instead of uh, you know of uh, you know Microsoft employee. <laughs> yeah, But I think LinkedIn, apart from letting you learn and grow and doing your job well, the other side of it is it helps you kind of navigate and find your next aspiration role, if, in case mm. you want to you know look into you know that space. So I think that's also a very good uh, tool for people who want to understand what their next move is. How accurate do you think? I remember when applying for jobs, it says you're seventy six percent right fitting. How accurate yeah. do you think that is on LinkedIn? Well, uh, because I also do uh, data analytics right now. So okay. in the past, when LinkedIn first released this feature, <clears throat> I do say it's pretty, you know, uh, approximate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as time goes, it's getting more fine tuned because it mm. starts to understand more, you know, what actually the skill of each. People is so that each person is so that they can you know really figure out what does that translate to you know in a data point of view. So the matching profile I think is getting more accurate right now, and I think it's a good indicator. Say mine says I'm fifty six percent for this job. Can I still apply for that job, or should I just not even bother? Right. Yeah, I think we are now all very sensitive to numbers because our life has become very much data and number driven. But I do think if you want to go for that job. Don't really pay attention to the numbers because that are just an indicator and a reference with okay. the big data. But that could be useful for the employer to pick their candidates. Mm -hmm. But then, if you don't take the action and apply firsthand, you will never have the second chance. So might so, as well. Yeah, yeah, if you are really interested in that job, regardless of the you know indication of the you know matching profile, just go for it. And you really have to just prove why. You're better than that fifty-six percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That gives you the urge to prepare and do your homework more. Great. Um, I want to ask about working in Microsoft. Right. We always hear it's such a great company to work in. Yeah. What is it actually like working in Microsoft in Hong Kong, and what is the company culture like? Yeah, I think that's a very um, you know interesting point that I think is worth sharing because I think Microsoft we have been. You know, a, a long-standing company with rich history. Yep. So we started off with you know Windows and, and Office. So I think that's well known for everybody. And we have you know tough times you know uh, along the company history. But recently, in you know these few years with our new CEO on board, I think there's a big shift to the company culture. So we are always led what we call you know a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Meaning, simply put, it's to you know uh, start fast fail fast, learn fast, and then succeed fast. So okay. that is more like a, you know, something we learned from the open uh, source mm -hmm. environment, the ecosystem, and also the startup culture that oh, influenced yeah. us that we don't have to be, you know, that traditional anymore. Because I really love a quote from our CEO Satya saying that the industry doesn't respect tradition, but they value innovation. So that's why we mm -hmm. have to really, you know, step up and to agilely innovate, not only in our products, but also on how we do our work every day. So I think that mindset really helps our you know, people to actually uh, work in a very agile manner and mm. also make my personal growth very significant. So for example, in my job, in my team, uh, we have a small team for this particular sector of customers and I'm the only millennial in my team. Oh, really? Yes, we have a team of uh, four to five people because oh, wow. in Microsoft Hong Kong, we have, you know, a large uh, office and, you know, um, various teams. But my team, I'm the only millennial. But then we treat each other in the team as peers because mm -hmm. we value our, uh, you know, input, unique perspective, and we take each other's uh, feedbacks, you know, uh, very deep as well. So that makes us, you know, as peers, 
mm-hmm. the same uh, the first time, and at the same time, um, I think uh, we exchange ideas very thoroughly, and then to make sure we work on the things to make it better, but not for just you know uh, for the sake of having you know meaningless hierarchy. It sounds a bit like a startup, actually, in entrepreneurship with the agile growth. Um, I think it's a topic that Belinda touched on in our recent podcast as well: entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs.、Mm. So it sounds like even though you join a big corporation, you can still be an entrepreneur, which is similar to an entrepreneur. Is that what I'm getting from? Yeah, because with our minimal hierarchy, when we have ideas, great、mm. ideas that、uh, comes up, we could. Or like myself, I could actually talk to my skip manager, even our GM, to ask for you know resources and advice to proceed forward. So I think that culture actually you know make a lot of you know changes to how we see our job, not just、mm. on a JD on what we have to do to face our clients, you know, do our sales targeting, our quota, but also to do something that will actually change the company and also to maybe change a customer or even you know help improve the. Hong Kong society, so there are a lot of initiatives that come up from our employees ourselves. So I think that's really a, a you know great culture that helps us you know to be standing at where we are today. It's、yeah. quite exciting to hear、yeah. that you don't actually have to start your own company to drive innovation. Yeah, you can、yeah. do it within a large corporation, and Microsoft allows you to do that. Speaking about startups and corporations, yeah. When individuals are thinking about joining a startup, starting their own thing versus Joining a more established traditional company,、yeah. what sort of things should they be thinking about or asking themselves? Right.、Um, I think for me, I also have the same struggle、um, previously and continuously because <laughs> with that amount of experience, not too much, but some,、uh, it always, you know, like、uh, give me an. Taste of like、oh, I want to be in a you know actual startup environment and all that kind of considerations, but to me now I think I would see a corporate or enterprise job or even a startup as you know not really a job but these companies that you want to work with are platform for yourself、mm-hmm. because、uh, I would use this analogy is choosing a company is like choosing your boyfriend and girlfriend. So you want to find somebody <laughs> who speaks the same language as you, who think alike, and you enjoy and share the shapes, the same hobbies, you know, so that you guys hang out, you know, happily and then enjoy yourselves. And it's just like you know that mindset because if you have a you know nice and good、uh, boyfriend girlfriend, of course you guys are in sync. So if you have a company who does the same for you, actually you could imagine that when you do the same thing, the company、mm. has more structured. They have more resources, and they would do it actually together with you to achieve the same goal, but then in a more you know strategic manner. So joining the right platform that actually aligns with you, speaks with you, or have the resource that can support you to do that goal, all you have to do is to join force to be part of them, so、mm. that you guys could you know deliver the impact that you want, but in a more scalable manner. So the company, no matter is a startup or is a corporate, as long as he's Delivers, you know, those qualities that I have just mentioned、mm-hmm. that aligns with you. I think that's a good platform to go. Just like boyfriends and girlfriends, you really need to take time 
do your research and find understand out if them this is, you know date them yeah of course you can't really date them date a company speak of the hr research their website or even on linkedin reach out to some of the employees in a mm. company because i myself did that when i tried to apply for jobs in the past mm -hmm. and actually in recent years you know with the popularity of linkedin graduates actually came to me when they oh. want to apply for microsoft oh. they said hey desmond um i see your profile you said you're a coach you're yeah. good to grab a coffee so because my profile i think it looks very you know attractive uh, not really attractive <laughs> but more easy to approach yeah. <laughs> easier for approach so the test five candidates will come to me and just say hey can you can we talk about microsoft what do you think about working in microsoft you know whether i'm appropriate yeah. and suitable so people are start to reach out to their future uh colleagues Mm. You know, I think that's a really effective and also genuine approach because people will feel that. And if I really find somebody suitable, I think it's really not bad to actually do referral. Yeah, I think that's a great idea is really to get real insight from people actually working that company and yeah. see yourself like, can I see myself dating this company, joining this company? <laughs> yeah, you could say so. So I remember in our previous conversations, you mentioned, well, first you started with engineering right. and then you went into marketing. Yeah. And then technology. Yeah. What was that path like and what was going on in your mind when you were figuring out your career? I think it's really triggered by our growth mindset culture. So there are a lot of things I, you know, use that to do at my job. But I think the boldest thing I do under the growth mindset culture is to ask for that change in role. Because mm -hmm. I started off as in marketing and because of my background, I do engineering. I'm not really a tech guy. So for my first shop to be techy, I think it's really hard to justify for the investment yeah. <laughs> you know, from the company perspective. So I started off with marketing uh, to see how to you know, promote some of our you know, enterprise service offerings to the market. So that's all I do. I run events, I plan, go to market plans, I run incentive programs. So that's all I do. So after the first year, mm -hmm. I think I get to know about the company more, how each team works with each other and is progressing quite well. But a very bad news, you know, came up is there's a restructuring of the marketing teams across units. Wow. So they want to centralize the marketing teams across different units and department to be a central marketing team. Mm -hmm. So at that time I was offered, you either move to this uh, central team or you find some role that you would like to do. So I was given a period to look into that. And at that time I was thinking, you know, marketing is good, you know, it's fun, but it's not really a, a role that I want to stay in for, you know, uh, for the long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to actually stay more relevant to the industry. So the only way to be more relevant is to actually go to the front line, to talk to a customer and to, you know, put yourself into technology every day uh, during customer conversations. So that gave me the idea to actually look for a frontline role, mm -hmm. like, you know, sales and support. So only offer that was available at that time was the technical account manager role which is actually a uh, you know, customer support role that you have to deal with customer complaints and support issues daily. Mm -hmm. And you have to work with engineers to solve those issues. So it sounds you know, uh, very techy, but at that time, I think I was like, just you know, grab and take a chance yeah. because that's the only chance I have right now. So why not just try? So at the very beginning of the time as a technical account manager, I think Honestly, it's really tough and it's never easy because I'm never, you know, as experienced and as yeah. techy as my 
other peers in the team. So all I have to do is to rely a lot on their enablement and also mm. our engineers to help troubleshoot and fix the technical issues for me. So after a while, I start to understand I can't go on like this, you know, because I'm not really the kind of technical, you know, uh, uh, guy. And then it's not in my blood. Mm -hmm. Of course, you could take time to make yourself technical, but in that short period of time, um, my ramp up is, I think, uh, just on average. So I kind of look into the sweet spot because I think my previous experience in marketing can actually mm -hmm. help contribute more in this role because I have my support things to deal with. But at the same time, there are actually a lot of demand from the customers from supporting them. You will kind of understand that, you know, what are their needs of future services and yep. future needs of technology. So that's when I utilize my marketing skills to take out the customer future needs, some of the business leads so that it translate into some sales opportunities. Mm. So I then continue this path of, you know, maintaining support at a very fundamental level, at least the customer won't complain and yeah. they feel happy about my service, but at the same time, take out new opportunities uh, for the company. So after time, I think my manager did see that actually Desmond is not a good, you know, technical account manager, but <laughs> he's a good sales, you know, then why not just move him to the sales role mm -hmm. so that you don't waste somebody, not really waste, but then not um, fully utilize his talents. Yeah. So that's paved my way to my current role now as the technology strategist who advise customers on uh, the technology strategy that is related to the Microsoft ecosystem and mm. also the product adoption. So I move further from the support role than to the, now the sales role, um, you know, at Microsoft. Take a step back. You studied engineering. Yeah. How did you end up in marketing in the first place? Well, I think that's a very interesting uh turning point because I've never thought of starting off a marketing role at yeah. a tech company because it's also never my uh, intention. But it's all happened because my uh, first manager saw my potential in marketing. Because back then in my college life, I did editorial, I did publishing, you know. So I have some background uh, on that piece. So that's why my first manager saw that potential in me rather than you know, having me to do a start off with a tech role. So that's why that's how she, you know, helped pave, you know, my path into Microsoft. So that's all, you know, her um, insight to make this happen. So when I then get into Microsoft, I did ask her, you know, why put me in this role? Because I don't see myself relevant <laughs> at all. And then she started to explain to me how I would fit, how, how I could be a good fit. So that actually, you know, gives me some afterthoughts. Because I think that also applies to uh, graduates uh, nowadays, because um, when we look for a job, very often because of, you know, our culture, we all often have this kind of, you know, instant realization of our wants because of social media and all that. So we always think that how we would fit a certain job from mm -hmm. our own perspective, but we don't forget that in the job market, we don't call it job shopping, we call it job application because it's a two-way communication. Mm -hmm. It's not just like you want it, then you will get it. Because very often the employer themselves, the managers, they have yet to testify what you're worth or what you're capable of. So mm -hmm. they will run for a series of procedures to do so. For example, aptitude tests, interviews. So they are just part of that process, but they can't really you know, give them a chance to fully understand who you are and how capable you are. So the only thing that you could do 
during that interview process is to demonstrate the level of trust and credibility during the interview, to establish a genuine two-way communication with the employer, to tell them, actually, you have this kind of ability and also potential to fit the company. And as of how that goes, what role you get into, what arrangement the company will make, is all up to the employer. Mm-hmm. So I think that level of uh, expectation has to be set when we start looking for a job, because it's not always one way, but two way. When people are applying for jobs um, during interviews, they have to establish the trust, the credibility, the value yeah. they bring. What other suggestions do you have for job applicants to really stick out and get the job they want? I think there are a couple of things we could look into. So I think before going into th- those points, uh, for establishing establishing trust during an interview i think for that i could share a bit of example mm-hmm. of myself yes, because i think in the past i have been privileged enough to attend the quite a number of interviews and each of them has been very unique to me and each of them actually kind of like build up my you know portfolio to share with you know, my uh, uh students in various coaching uh, engagements mm-hmm. and that will make people kind of reflect you know why those qualities or attitudes are important. So uh, I still remember uh, when I first applied for, you know, um, my first job application as a tech consulting firm. So they specialize really on technology consulting. So they demand people with technical background. At that time, I kind of like, you know, do it till you fake it, you know, kind of attitude to make up my profile. Like, because I did an internship in an IT department. So Mm -hmm. I leveraged that and say, you know, I know tech, I love tech, you know, so I just go for it. Uh, yeah. during that interview and then i kind of make it through the hr make it through the manager and eventually to the director and then at that time uh, director like look at my profile and like oh it's interesting you know can you share a bit more about yourself you know and uh, you continue blah 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 you know do all the planned introduction and then he was kind of like suspicious he said you never do programming i said I learned it in high school, you know, I do really? C sharp, I do SQL. I do so, uh, I still have those knowledge. But then um, he said, you never did actual development projects uh, yeah. in recent years before the, uh, the the job application. I'm like, yeah, because, uh, you know, I study something else and then, but I still have passion in tech, you know. Mm-hmm. And he started to get suspicious and he's like, okay, then can you explain to me what's the meaning of big data? They ask kind of academic questions to challenge uh-huh. me. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like silence for a few moments. I'm like, uh, because I recall I did my homework that yeah. I did came across that definition, but I can't spell it out. And then I try very hard and eventually not succeed. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Desmond, just be very honest. Why are you applying for this? And I'm like, uh, because that role actually at that time is asking for a trainee title, but yeah. focusing on development, mm-hmm. you know, so I, you know, kind of try my way through and then not until that point, he asked me that question. I'm like speechless. What did you, what did you say? Uh, then I explained to him, actually, I want to apply for the trainee program mm-hmm. because there are two streams. One stream is on management and yeah. the other is on technical development, but I was arranged for the HR somehow to the technical stream. And I can't fight, fight my way back to the management stream. I, yeah. I don't know why. So I was planned to, you know, just get in first and eventually find a way to go to the, go back to the management stream. Get your foot so in that's the door. why, yes. So yeah. that's why I tried to do that. So I explained to him and he said, it's not correct. You're not fit for this role and you should not even just do it 
you should not talk to me right now. You should just talk to the HR and fight your way to the man management stream. Then he cut off the interview and said, we can go. So I don't hear from the employee oh, anymore. Yeah, so I think that's the first experience I got because I you know, put a lot of effort there. Yeah. I thought I could make it just at the very last step, I was kicked out of the door. Mm. So that teach me a very great lesson of being genuine of what you really like yeah. and why you're going in for the company. And then, so that's one example that really makes me, you know, um, have a very, makes me learn a great lesson. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to also think, you know, uh, for future uh, graduates that what well, they need to, you know, be aware of when they're going to apply for jobs that they want. I think the first thing is really on your passion, what you really like, mm -hmm. because I think that drives you, you know, to what you want to do, not in a short term, but in a very long term. Although with recent, you know, crisis, pandemic and all that kind of stuff, it might be difficult for people to look for jobs, but um, there is just something temporary. Because yep. imagine that like you're swimming across a river. You always want to go to the shore, right? Yeah. Now it comes a wave and it won't hit you so that you go swim backwards back to, you know, the starting point. You will still go to reach the shore, right? Mm -hmm. So that is just one wave and there might be multiple waves coming, but it doesn't affect you going to, you know, reaching the end of the, at the opposite of the shore. So I think that uh, it's a good, I think, um, analogy to lets you to understand that passion is the thing that drives you to your end destination. Mm -hmm. And then while passion might not, you know, makes you get the job you want because you also need your skills and your experience. And that's when you start your preparation. And very often we might not end up in a role that we like, just like, you know, my first marketing job is kind of strange, but eventually I like yeah. it. But that, you know, level of acceptance at the very beginning might be strange. But finding that sweet spot, knowing that you have the room to find a sweet spot of your, um, let's put it this way in three bubbles, that sweet spot is constitute of, for example, um, the job requirements, mm -hmm. your current skills and experience, and the future uh, skills that you could acquire within your reach. Why within your reach is because you know there's something that you could never be capable of, of acquiring. For example, for myself, I could learn programming, but it's something that I'm not really interested in. If you mm. put me in doing software development for like a year, I would learn the skills, but that's something I don't really like. Yeah. If you need to force me to do that, I might be able to do it, but then I won't enjoy it very much. So depending on the circumstances, you can have a choice. So having that three bubbles and finding that intersection, or I call it the sweet spot, would actually let you understand how you could perform well in this role that might not even be your perfect fit. Because every role, role or every job, uh, I personally treat them as an investment. Mm -hmm. So as long as you understand that investment, you understand where the yield is. So maximize that yield before you go to the next investment. Then I think progressively you would reach the shore. Last question, Desmond, how can people connect with you, learn more about what you're doing and also about what Microsoft is doing? Yeah. So I'm always uh, open on LinkedIn. So just type my name, Desmond Jung, and you'll be able to find me. Uh, then feel free to connect me on LinkedIn or even message me if you have questions. And then, uh, by the way, for those who are now listening, I'm very, you know, grateful and happy to offer a free coffee chat. So as long as the coffee lasts, then we could speak and chat, <laughs> you know, until the coffee is finished. So if you're interested in that, send me an email, thomas at happier.io. You get some great advice for your career progression, applications, and who knows, maybe even some dating tips. So definitely reach out <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs>